Hi everyone, this is Jeff. And this is Russ. When we first started Home on the RNG, we began it as a series of videos, and we produced quite a few before we realized it really works better as a podcast. Whoops-a-doodle. So we apologize if any of these early episodes have any visually heavy references that don't transfer to the audio medium. Whoops-a-doodle. Thanks for listening. frustrated Jeff so all right so today we're reviewing the Game Boy game Final Fantasy Legend yes yay yay um so we'll just go ahead and dive right in I guess to personal history so my personal history with the Final Fantasy Legend is um the same as it is with basically every game that we play. Um, I had the original Game Boy Cart. I still have the original Game Boy Cart. Um, I did not beat it until I was an adult. Um, it was one of those situations where I played Final Fantasy Legend 2 before the first one, and the second one, in my opinion, is better than the first one. Um, so I was a little disappointed going back to, to, to playing the first one, um, but it is still a great game played it as a child and then beat it as an adult and then replayed it um, probably for the first time ever for this review. So like many of the games we play, nothing. I got nothing. Um, I, I mentioned my friend Ryan Cabral growing up with Arcana. He had Final Fantasy Legends 2 that I played on his Game Boy from time to time but I had never played the original. So I've done my, my smidgen of research so I feel like I have something to add. Uh, Final Fantasy Legends is actually not a Final Fantasy game. Uh, for some reason, Square did this with several games to try and make them more popular in, in the U.S. They weren't sure that JRPGs would catch on, so they attached the Final Fantasy name to a lot of them. It is the first game in the Saga series, and it came out in 1989. That is the extent of my magnificent research. Alright, so... The story of Final Fantasy Legends is at the center of the world there is a tower, and legends say that the tower leads to paradise. So you get a group of heroes together and you climb the tower, and up the tower as you go you find different worlds with different themes, and each one is its own short little RPG story, and then you kill God. Yeah, that pretty much is it in a nutshell. My synopsis is four jerks kill God. <laughs> Um, and I will explain that as we go further along. Okay. Uh, how about the characters? Yeah, speaking of the four jerks, probably because of the, the constraints of the dialogue box in the Game Boy cart, all of the dialogue spoken by your party is very direct, so to speak. The king says, you know, will you bring me this girl, this beautiful girl that I love, and bring her to my kingdom and allow me to marry her, and they're like, we'll do it for a sword. 
Well, <laughs> like if oh, you... Oh, please. Like, we haven't all been there. Right. So it's kind of like you're playing four assholes <laughs> that are just um, running really around... recontextualizing the game. Running around four different worlds to, to get whatever they desire, to get rich, to get great equipment. Yeah. And my and my four characters were four mutant girls. Um, that uh, hold I, on, I think everybody is so surprised they need a minute to take that in. Yeah, isn't that isn't right, that shocking? Yeah. So in this game, um, you choose your party. You choose your party of four at the beginning. You can choose between three different races. You have humans, mutants, which were called espers in the Japanese version. And monsters. Um, humans get stronger by equipping better equipment or taking vitamins. I, I thought it was potions. <laughs> yeah, or knows. something that... Um, you that, consume items to increase right. your stats. Those will permanently raise the attributes, and then equipment will temporarily raise the attribute while, while it's, it's equipped. equipped. Yeah. Um, all weapons are breakable, so they have a, a certain number of uses, so if you lose that piece of equipment... It'll reduce whatever stat it increased. Mutants or espers, we'll just call them mutants. Um, they level up by nurture, basically. They, they, they you, get old school experience, kind of like what you're used to, except the do. game never mentions right, it. Right, it's all hidden. So it's it's the same concept between Final Fantasy II. The, the, the lead designer of Final Fantasy II was the one who developed the Saga games. That explains a lot. So... <laughs> You, um, I believe his name was Akihito Koazu, if I'm thinking of that correctly. I hope you're not looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he headed up Final Fantasy II, and then he made the Saga series um, that we know as Final Fantasy Legend. So mutants level up by, if they use magic, then their mana will get stronger as they take damage, their HP will rise, if they use physical attacks, um, their strength will go up. And I saw that because I used a team of four mutants, and had each of them kind of play a different role in battle. And so by the end, one of them had like 99 strength because I just had her attacking all the time and knew no magic. <laughs> and then one of them was like the, the, the mage of the party. And then monsters get stronger by eating the meat. They're basically cannibals because <laughs> they eat the meat of other monsters. And evolve that you into right. other monsters as a result. I was going to talk about this later on, but since we're addressing it here, why not? But the, the only issue to me is it seems so random. Now, I know it's not. It's not, right. There are people who have dedicated their crazy lives to actually mapping out if you are this monster and you right. eat this meat, you become the... There are charts online, and God bless these people for the amount of free time mm -hmm. they must have had. Uh, but there is, do, a, there is a method. There is. It has to do with the subgroups of monsters. Each monster falls into a subgroup. And then this monster plus this monster equals this monster, and then it's I this played through the entire game. I never done. came close to even having a guess yeah. as to what would happen when my monster ate me. It's actually why I don't play as monsters, because it's too unpredictable to me. And uh, I didn't know about the, the mutants leveling up. Like, it just, it was happening in the background, because the game never says gains right. plus five health or whatever. It just happens. And all of a sudden you turn around and like, hey, my, my human hero... Has 200 health. Why is the mutant got 600? What <laughs> happened? Uh, we should also also point out with the characters, uh, for mutants and humans, there's male and female, and they have different stats mm -hmm. and bonuses. The males tend to be stronger. The females tend to be quicker. Ultimately, it's negligible, though, yeah. as you start to progress through the game. So uh, that's the characters out of the way. So the mutants are amazing. 
basically. I the, Using a party of four mutants is basically a broken party. Because you never really have to buy anything if you don't want to. Stupid me <laughs> had to have two humans, a mutant, and a monster if I wanted the full experience. All right, uh, so moving on to the combat system. So the combat system has... It's a fan, fairly standard first-person point-of-view menu-driven system. Uh, but it has one of those things that I hate. We talked about this. I can't remember what video we talked about it in. But where if you attack a monster, or you're scheduled to attack a monster who somebody else defeats, you lost a turn. Right. I hate that. <laughs> I hate that so much. Uh, it's because you didn't play that many JRPGs as a child, because I think I just accept it. Like, this is, this is just the way the game is. Yeah, I guess. I just... I know it forces you to strategize more and to kind of guess, all right, I think this'll kill it, and I don't want to waste my turn by attacking something that won't kill it. Um, something that also took me a minute or two to catch on to was sometimes a single enemy on the screen actually represents three, four, five enemies. Right. So you kill the thing, and it's still standing right there because there's three more of it stacked right. on top. And that's what makes mutants so useful, because the magic that can be learned by the mutants will target an entire enemy group. If you're relying on humans, they're only defeating one monster at a time, so it's much more tedious. Yeah, my mutant got some kind of mm. apocalypse or nuclear spell, and just, that, that, that's your job now. That's all mm -hmm. you do. Um, so apart from that, it's fairly standard combat, as you would expect. Um, I, I was originally planning to talk about uh, the leveling up and the meat-eating, but we kind of covered that under characters. Uh, but those are also aspects of the combat system that makes this game stand out a little bit. It was really weird to get used to the idea of hidden XP. Because that's, yeah. that's how my brain processed right. it. I don't know if that's exactly how the mechanic works, but it's certainly what it feels like. Is the mutants pick up and lose abilities seemingly at random, and they're, they're, they gain stats seemingly That was the most frustrating part for me, especially using you a party of, of all mutants, which it helped because there were four of them, so at any given time, I basically had all the abilities that I needed, but I would have this super strong, like, thunder ability, and all the enemies I was fighting in the water world were weak to thunder, <clears throat> and then everybody would lose it. <laughs> so, so I'm trying to use fire or ice on fish. So that was a little frustrating, yeah. but I still made it through. All right, so next up is our catch-all category, innovations. Uh, so Russ alluded to this briefly earlier. One of the things that this game does is all weapons and items have durability. So you've got, a, you've got your favorite magic spell or your favorite weapon. You've got to keep an eye on how many more times you can use it before it's gone. Uh, which really adds an element of tension to the game. Like, am I going to have enough uses of this sword to get through the next stage of the dungeon so I can buy a new sword? Because inventory space is actually very limited. Um, humans have the most inventory space, but most of it's taken up by equipment. Um, and monsters can't use any equipment. Like, the amount of equipment is changed based on class. Mutants have four 
everyone has eight slots yes, in their inventory. Mutants have four slots that are used it up by like, magic. It felt like humans had zero inventory because once you got a full set of armor, right, you got like exactly. three slots. So you them. have so mutants have four slots filled up by magic, and then the other four slots are for their equipment and weapons. But they don't need all the equipment and weapons because they have the magic. Monsters have all of their have preset abilities. Do you happen to remember off the top of your head? Because each character has eight slots for inventory, and then there's a party inventory. There is that, a party inventory. That's limited too. That is limited, and that's pretty Two or three short screens of too. eight, maybe? I think it's just two. Just, item, inventory management is a huge part of this game, and as one of nature's pack rats, I do not approve. I like to hold on to everything I come across. It also makes games like Skyrim hard for me, because it's like, I think about everything. <laughs> and then I'm carrying a ton in my yeah, backpack, yeah. and I'm in the starting room. Um... So the inventory management, this was a pain. The the healing system, like going into an inn and staying, I, I don't think I've ever seen any other game that quite does it this way. I could be missing one, though. You know better than me. But you don't just, here's ten gold, stay the night, yeah, everybody's yeah. healed. The healing is done. It's one gold per hit point you want to restore. Right. Mm-hmm. So the more hurt you are, the more money you better have in order to heal yourself again. Right. Are there other, is that? There aren't any others that I can think of right now off the top Where of my head I know right I, I know it's a saga it's it's the way that you stay at an inn in saga games can't think of any others though now it had a non-silent protagonist but I kind of feel like I'm not sure but I feel like the dialogue is just determined at random because since yeah. none of them have any personality it just feels like oh it's time for person one to have a line they're just four assholes like I said <laughs> So, it's a non-silent protagonist, but it's not like they gave him person or her personality and planned out, well, they're going to approach things like this. Well, I think it's just randomly assigned dialogue. Right. That's for your party. Now, that being said, I was a big fan of that last world that you visit. Uh, the, the post-apocalyptic The post-apocalyptic ruins. world. Um, it was... I was kind of taken aback by it because, like you said, your party has no real predetermined personality. You don't really spend time, enough time with any other characters up until that point to really get to know them. And then all of a sudden, they introduce this little girl and her brother and, like, this whole resistance of people. It's almost like somebody else wrote that segment. It is. It's like you wander into this other game where everybody is a, a fully realized character and you kind of think... Why haven't I been following their adventure this whole game? <laughs> well, and we mentioned there's a post-apocalyptic area that brings us back to uh, fantasy weapons, you know, swords, whips, right, and guns, and bazookas, and lasers, <laughs> and it's it's all over the place, uh, which I'm I'm okay with. I mean, it gives the game certainly a new a unique flavor. Uh, but one of the biggest issues I had, and you've heard me complain about this before, no way of knowing how powerful an item was until you right. bought it and equipped it. I have no way of knowing if that sword is better than this sword. Now, generally, you go by the cost. That right. looks... But you're also talking about, okay, is the sword going to be better or a whip? They cost the same. Which is going to hurt more? Well, i got to buy both and equip both to find out which one has better stats. Oh, she would a gun work better than a crossbow? Uh, should I be focusing on this type of spell versus this other fantasy weapon that I didn't come up with in time to finish the sentence. Uh, I, I just... I really dislike... And I know it's part of it's going to be because it's on the Game Boy. Part of it's going to be because early JRPGs didn't 
cater to that in, in, in terms of helping you out with knowing just, it's so irritating. Yeah. Let me know if what I'm getting is better. Uh, and I, I, this seems like a decent category before we move on to the music section to talk about the very fun glitch at the end. Yes. Because that amused me to no end. And it is, uh, it's great. I think the, the game, I think you and I can agree, ramps up in difficulty. Significantly. Um, as you get the to the very end. Well, it is a very steep curve near Yeah, the with end. my four mutant party, everything was pretty easy until the very end. And then you realize it doesn't really matter how high your stats are because everything is just hard. Getting to the end boss of this game is remarkably difficult. Yeah. Just, it's the final push. You know you're going to the end boss. I gotta go up three more flights. And then I'm at the end boss. And it is just a slog. I can't imagine anybody playing this game getting to the end boss without feeling like they're just crawling the last <laughs> couple steps. Because that's what it felt like. Like, just two more steps, guys. We can make it. And then you get to the end boss, and it's God. Yeah. I can barely stand up, and I have to fight God. Luckily for us, luckily indeed, there is a glitch in the game <laughs> because I don't know. We we still wouldn't be doing a review. I'd still be trying to fight the boss. <laughs> uh, but there is a chainsaw weapon in the game. Yes, and apparently it's coded backwards. It's supposed to one hit kill anything with like a weaker defense rating than you. It's something like that. Yeah, but right. they glitched it and it's backwards. So it one hits kills anything with a defense rating higher than yours. Like God. Right. If you bring a chainsaw to a fight with God, you can one hit kill him and win the game. And you literally just slice him down the middle. Yeah. Thank God. He, go he comes apart. It was very kind of him to let me kill him like that because I wouldn't have stood a chance otherwise. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, there was one more thing I almost forgot to mention. Did you find Paradise? No. On the second floor. Because you start out your game on the first floor, and the legend is there's paradise at the top of the tower. You go all the way to the top of the tower, and you kill God. Uh, and then game's over. Uh, on the second floor, if you take a deviation, if you go off the path of just climbing the tower, mm -hmm. there's a little village, mm -hmm. and it's paradise. And everybody who lives there is happy. Aww. And, and you can just hang out there. That's and I guess sweet. that's the end of the game. No, like, I didn't find that. I guess I'm going to spend the next 30 hours just walking around this village. <laughs> I, I, I found paradise. Obviously, you keep going because it's a game. That's what you. But you can find paradise and just live the rest of your life happily there and waste your battery walking around. Nice. Uh, so we're going to move on to music. So uh, for you guys who've watched a couple of these, Russ and I are music idiots. Definitely. We got no clue what we're talking about with music. We've tried, man. I tried. I tried doing research and giving you composers and other games that they worked on. We, a friend of mine called us music agnostics, which I actually think is the most appropriate term. It's not like we hate music. My favorite band is Aqua. I don't think I even have a favorite band. Not really. I'm okay. kidding. I don't even know if that was meant to be funny. That's how bad my music <laughs> So I have recruited an expert. Uh, I have recruited a video game expert. She fronts a video game cover band, and I'm sure she can give you any of her other credentials. Uh, but yes, she knows what the hell she's talking about. And quite an accomplished flautist, I've heard. Yes. In fact, ladies and gentlemen, this is Lauren the Flute. Russ, let's get out of here. 
Alright, so I'm Lauren the Flute. I have a fuzzy friend. This is actually my first time doing one of these, and so they've decided that, that I might need the emotional support. Um, so, Fivefold doesn't really have anything to do with Final Fantasy Legends, but hey, emotional support, I'm not going to say no to that. So I love video game music, and I love Nobuo Uematsu, who is the composer for Final Fantasy Legends. I actually was interested, um, I've listened to the music, I played the game with my sister when I was a kid, um, and the Game Boy music, because of the Game Boy sound chip, I don't think made the same impression on me that, for example, the Super Nintendo, which was my introduction to Uematsu's compositions, um, would have, just because the instrumentation is a little less... It's a little bit more... No offense to those of you who do um, chip tunes, but it's a little bit harder on the ears. But the composition is still really high quality, and I found as I was researching it for this bit that it was actually his, I believe, his third major soundtrack. At the very least, um, it came after Final Fantasy 1 and 2, so it's not the full force of Uematsu as we come to know him, especially in the Super Nintendo era, but I think you can still hear his, um, his flair for melody. Um, especially, there's a, there's a track in it um, that the name could be translated a few different ways, um, but it has to do with wiping away your tears. Um, which, when I was listening to the soundtrack again leading up to this, I was like, I know that, I know that. Um, and I looked into it, and it's in all of the saga games, or at least a number of them, and it's kind of the main theme of saga, and it's just this gorgeous evocative melody. Um, the game itself has questionable emotional resonance, but the soundtrack delivers, I think. Um, I think a few of the other tunes are reused, but that's the one for me that really stands out the most. Um, so, if you like Uematsu and you like slightly more uh, obscure, music. I think it's a good a good take. As I understand it, he is pleased with his composition. He's somewhat proud of it, and I think he should be. Um, I would definitely listen to it. I haven't seen a whole lot of cover albums or, or, or uh, cover bands or individuals on YouTube covering these. There are a few, but um, but I do think it's really good, uh, that particular track. If you're watching this having not played the game, like look that up. I think it's track number five on the soundtrack. So, yeah. That's the music of this game, and I'm looking forward to being here talking about more games with more music. So overall, um, Neptune and I really enjoyed this game. Um, it's it's not as well known um, as a lot of the other games in the in the SquareSoft library. Um, and it was a Game Boy game by today's standards. Um, it is very uh, rudimentary, or elementary, whatever you want to call it. Um, but overall I enjoyed it. I liked um, the selection of characters, building your own party, um, climbing the tower, tower, being jerks, killing God. Um, I, I really enjoyed this game. Overall I would give it a B. Um, it's not one of my most favorites. But it was fun, and I will probably play it again for fun in the near future. So I sort of enjoyed Final Fantasy Legend. I, I liked that it was four different brief stories in one. It, I feel like in that respect, it was kind of interesting, because each floor had its own little mini RPG story. So I liked that element. But for me, the randomness of the game really interfered with my ability to enjoy it. Because... I had no idea what meat would make my monster a, be a better party member or a worse party member. I had to roll the dice. I had no way of knowing which spells my mon or my mutant was going to learn next, and whether or not they'd be useful. I ended up with a mutant who had like two things of stench. I really would have liked an attack spell, but no, my mutant could just smell bad at people. Um, 
and then the cost of items to make my humans on par with the mutants, it just... I appreciated the effort. I, I could definitely see that it had good bones, so to speak. Uh, I just... I, I needed... I needed to feel less random. And I know there's a system to all of that, and I know people have dedicated their lives, crazy people, to sorting out all of those things. And if you go online, you can find charts of everything and figure out exactly this is the best item here, and this is how you get this spell, and this is what you eat for... I just want to play a game. I don't want to read a chart. I don't want to have to go through pages and pages of Excel to figure out how to... Uh, and then the difficulty curve at the end was radical. It just... I felt pretty comfortable going through the entire game. You know, there were some challenges, a little bit of grinding, but by and large, I was able to smoothly progress through the game until the final ramp up to the boss, where all of a sudden the difficulty just jumped. So, but I did like the stories. Uh, and I was uh, kind of okay with the characters. I, I, I realized the dialogue was randomly assigned based on your party, but I could feel a little bit of character in the dialogue, even for your party. It wasn't strictly bland. It, it had a little bit of personality to it. Not a whole lot, but it's a Game Boy game. I'm willing to give it some credit. Uh, C+. It's the best I can do. So, that was Final Fantasy Legends. Yeah, it was It was pretty good. It was, it was okay. Right. Yeah, it was it, fine. It was a good effort, I thought. Uh, I, I can certainly see where the Saga series could get better. Uh, and it did yeah. with time. We'll 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 review those games one of these days. I'm sure we will. <laughs> uh, so our next game is one that Russ has picked, and surprisingly, he picked one that was not a JRPG. It's just an RPG. <gasps> Can you believe it? Yeah, I know. Russ... I didn't actually know that it wasn't a JRPG. <laughs> so. So, Russ, would you like to announce the game that you have chosen for us? Yes. Next time we are playing the Sailor Moon RPG. I'm every just kidding. Time. I do say that every, every time. time. Yes. Yeah. It's probably getting old at this point. Because um, it was so fresh at the beginning. It was fresh. Next time we are playing Secret of Evermore. <laughs> See how he built up the anticipation there and how I'm like, killing it now by talking about it. My favorite Chrono game is Chrono... Cross! Alright, uh, we'll see you guys next time. <laughs> Bye. Home on the RNG is a presentation of Mad Centaur Productions. You can find Jeff on youtube.com slash centaur productions or on Twitter at Jeff Centaur. You can find Russ on Twitter at RussMac25. Lauren the Flute can be found on Twitch as Lauren the Flute. Also, check out her band, The Returners. Thank you for listening, and remember, it's dangerous to go alone. Take this podcast with you.
thank you for being a friend. I always start by just singing something really? weird. Really? We're not even two seconds into the review. Off game.